If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. In 1922, a newlywed couple decided to take a daring venture for their honeymoon. Now, unlike today, a daring venture didn't mean a carefully planned skydive or an involved hiking trip through national parks. This was a record-setting trip planned through what was considered the roughest rapids in the world, all in the dead of winter. Now, eventually, when they didn't make it to their destination, many assumed the worst. But when facts started rolling in, and as search parties went out and time passed, things began to take a much darker turn. How's it going? My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. You splashed a little there. I did a little bit. <laughs> there was a little bit of a pre-drink. Yeah, all over the place. <laughs> Pre-dribble. All over our uh, electronic, what is that called? It's a soundboard. Our soundboard. There you go. If you're curious what kind of soundboard we use, we use the Zoom Podtrack P8, and I just got... A little bit of beer on it. And we're sponsored now by them. Just kidding. I wish we were I sponsored wish. by Zoom. <laughs> wow, that would be incredible. One day. One day, maybe. Maybe. One. Maybe, baby, we'll be sponsored by you. <laughs> maybe, baby. I, can't, I, can't, I don't know where I'm going. Now with. we're definitely not going to be. <laughs> Never. <laughs> maybe, baby, it will be Zoom. There we go. That's the second part. Wow, well done. Thank you. That's Thank you. funny. If only that rolled off the tongue immediately, hey? Okay, well, welcome. Welcome back. I am in an incredibly good mood. Multiple reasons. Um, What are those reasons? Number one, just came back from vacation. Amazing. Week-long vacation, chilling. I am high on energy and life. Mm -hmm. Second of all, we just came back from mountain biking, and holy shit, that was a good run. It was awesome. One of my best runs, actually. I was thrilled. Well, long story short, Nicole is a little bit tentative on the trails. Rightfully so. Okay, honestly, I was better, I feel like, at one point. But then I had a, na- a gnarly fall, which I think we said on here. And then since then, I've been a little bit chicken shit. Yeah, and rightfully so. Mountain biking can be scary. Mm-hmm. So you're fairly new to it. Yeah. And you're diving into it 
um, with me. You're kind of exploring it along with me because you know I like it. So you're, you're diving in for me, I guess is what we should say. Mm-hmm. And so you're tentative, you're learning. And then all of a sudden today, <laughs> it seemed like a, a switch flipped. And it's like, Nicole is no longer like learning. It's like she fucking learned and <laughs> she was flying on the trails. I know you couldn't, you were less like shocked. I feel like you were just like, who am I mountain biking with here? It was incredible. So well done. <laughs> Cheers to you on that. Cheers. Good it was job. actually really fun. But it, it was. was, it was hard. It was a struggle. Um, I'm a little bit raspy. I feel like, cause I was just like <gasps> gasping for air friggin' for like two hours well it's it's a workout and a half for those who don't know like mountain biking doesn't have to be this crazy downhill stuff you see in world competitions but it is an incredible workout even if you are doing just downhill stuff Mm because you're throwing your body around you're still pedaling you're giving her it's a lot Mm -hmm. well and where we were where we go like we have to pedal to get to the uphill yeah so it's we we pedal uphill and we go downhill and there's cross country stuff. So you're going up and down, up and down, round corners, over routes, technical stuff, rocky mm-hmm. terrain. Yeah. So it becomes quite, quite, uh, quite the workout. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It was a blast. Yeah. And you did incredible. So, so good now job. I have to get you out paddle boarding with me. That can be our new, newest hobby. Well, I do have a kayak. I'll go kayaking with you. Paddle, paddle boarding board. is next level. I feel like. I don't know. You got to at least try it. You can just try it. I, I I'll feel, go on the kayak. You can try the paddle. I'll try it. I'll try it. But I feel like for me, I think kayaking and paddle boarding is going to be the same. You think? I do. Because I picture paddle boarding, just like kayaking, it's a chill thing. You just go out, you chill in the water. Mm-hmm. And when I'm doing something like this, I don't appreciate the chill in between. I like to get to a destination mm. and then chill. See, like I could literally just paddle out to the middle of the lake, lay there for friggin' an hour <laughs> and then paddle back. And that probably just sounds torturous to you. But it, like I'm obsessed with just laying in the sun on the water. Oh, the best. Yeah, not so so much for me. I need I need a task. I need a just destination. Just learn to relax. I do after my task and destination. <laughs> for example, you go on a hike. Okay. I need to hike to the peak of the mountain and enjoy the view. You know what I mean? Right. I need a destination. And you'll enjoy the way goal. down more? Yes. Yeah. I need a goal. Okay. And I don't Fair. feel like there's a goal with paddleboarding and kayaking. I feel like the goal is to just go chill, but I need an in-between. Oh, just chilling in the middle. And the, Well, I have a drink. If I if you had a bevy, would that help you? It would. It probably would. <laughs> um, so actually, do you, want, do you want to know what else is really awesome? Yeah. Our patrons. They are. They're mighty awesome. They they are mighty, mighty awesome. awesome. There's that our new slogan. The patrons are mighty awesome. Mighty awesome. We're gonna start calling them our mighty ducks. <laughs> they represent us in a flying V. Oh quack, 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 quack. Sorry. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't so, even know how to follow that. <laughs> it popped into my head. I went with it. <laughs> Um, anyways, we have a whole slew of you to thank this week because we did a little bit of a pre-recording because I was going on vacation. Right. Yeah. We recorded a few days early. So buckle up because I'm about to read a whole list of people. Amazing. And I'm probably going to butcher some names. That is our true style. And one person even emailed us or messaged us on Patreon about their name. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to butcher theirs, <laughs> but I'm going to do my best. You might still. Yeah. So we have Diane Libert. Louis Gilby, Caroline Willis, Ryan Roach, I know Carhu, 
Dallas Burris, Amber, Melissa Harper, Kimberly Sexsmith, Joshua P66. I'm assuming that's not a real last name because it's literal numbers in there. Uh, and Alex. Right on. That's a good list of names right that there. That is. I really hope I actually represented everyone's names properly. You know, you read strong. So like, you, you, I believe you. I think that's the key. Confidence yeah. is key. Fake it till you make it, really. Pretend. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm not very good at that, but I'm trying. I did that a little bit with mountain biking. I was like, you know what? My fall didn't kill me. I'm still mountain biking. Let's do the shit. That, that, that don't kill me. <laughs> Can only make me stronger. Oh, I only have a few scars for the rest of my life, but uh, let's do this. <laughs> uh, speaking of let's do this, do you want to let's do this episode? I'd love to. I would love to. So um, this episode was actually featured on Unsolved Mysteries back Ooh, in the day. Brings us back a bit. Um, this was actually featured prior to they them becoming a whole TV show even. Hmm. So this was a quote unquote TV special number four. Um, there is three uh, cases within this episode. Okay. I believe it was three, maybe four cases. Actually, now I'm thinking of it. But anyways, it was one of the cases in that episode. And when this show actually was signed, I believe it was 1987, they were signed to a network to actually become a TV series. Okay. This episode featuring this case became season number one, episode number one 1987 hey yes oh see because i thought it was a little bit newer than that because no unsolved mysteries <laughs> predates us but like shout out to unsolved mysteries because for it got all of us into like oh. true crime that's like literally yes. why we're here in oh, a way through and through yeah for me um the whole mysteries paranormal crime it was unsolved mysteries are you afraid of the dark yeah. and goosebumps goosebumps yeah those are the three big ones for me. Because Goosebumps was also a book, right? Yes, it was. And a TV show. Well, Goosebumps was strictly fiction, but the stories were still yeah. cool. Yeah. And then what's the- So was Are You Afraid of the Dark now that I think of it, but still. There was other books and stuff. I can't recall them at right at the top of my head here. But yeah, Unsolved Mysteries. Like, I remember yeah. sitting there watching that with, like, my mom. Well, I know, like, it wasn't my jam back in the day, but Nancy Drew, all the mysteries and shit from that. Yeah, no, it was something else I was thinking about, but it's a bit newer- I can't, I can't recall. It's like the books, like the Canadian ghost stories or something. Oh, or hell like, yeah. What are those? What are those oh, called? Oh, yeah. Um, fuck. I can't remember. It was and there's like, so many, like there's even like Rocky Mountain, like Northern BC, like it's probably Canada wide. Like, I don't know if they have them in the States, but there's these, these books wow. that just have a million short stories of like literal ghost stories, mostly, I think. You are just rocking my world right now. I haven't thought of those books in a long time. That was a big one for me too. I was pretty obsessed with I, I remember actually going to the Scholastic Book Fair and I purchased one of those books back in the day. And a lot of people had them at their, in the shitters. In like the shitters. next to the toilets. Like so that you're like, you're reading the shit while you're like, you know, you're doing. You're reading the shit while you're taking the shit. <laughs> you know, you, you like give and you short, take. They're short stories. It's like, here's, here's a book while yeah. you're, you know. Well, it was either you had the ghost stories or an Archie comic. That was, <laughs> that was what was in your bathroom. Or search, search words or something. Is that what it's called? Crossword puzzles. Crossword yeah. and like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is a long ass intro though. We're almost at 10 minutes. Okay. Already. Let's go. Let's so go. Let's go. Let's buckle down and get to this case. So this case starts us off with Bess, Bessie Lewis Haley. Now she was born on December 29th in 1905, where she grew up in Parksburg, West Virginia. She had brown hair and it was cut kind of like an older fashioned style of like that bob cut that we all know nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yep. Kind of like that, but instead of like the 
the the gradient where it's a little bit shorter in the back and longer in the front. It was kind of just even all the way through. Oh, like, like you put a bowl on your head kind of thing and cut around. Kind of, but it was like almost down to her shoulders. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so she kind of had a haircut like that and she had nice bright brown eyes. You know, she was a, a really good girl sort of thing. Now, Bessie would eventually marry a man by the name of Earl Hemlick. Now, the two said their vows and tied the knot on June 5th in 1926 in Cattlesburg, Kentucky. Bessie and Earl had known each other for a while as they attended high school together, which would, of course, blossom into their current relationship. Now, during this time, Bessie was going to school at Marshall College. It was actually part of their agreement to marry that she sh could continue her college education. So Bessie had this itch for education. It was reported that after the wedding, she planned to study uh, during the following year in San Francisco, California. Nice. Now, in the 1920s, traveling was not like it's, you know, a normal thing today like people did. Okay. Especially for women in a married relationship, right? Right. And so, going about getting an education and such. Exactly. Which is why it was part of her marital agreement that right. she could continue her education. Good for her. I know, right? Like, what a boss babe. Yeah. Uh, so this became, um, you know, of rumors of this spread that Bessie was actually pregnant because of these situations. Now, I'm not sure why this is, this is actually a rather normal type of rumor for this to occur when women were to go off and do things or move or whatever it was. It was kind of normal for this rumor to happen that they were pregnant. Oh, why? That seems so. I don't know why. Random. Like, why they're doing, like why they're pursuing different things, why traveling or school or whatever equals baby. Well, yeah, because you think it'd be the opposite. If you were pregnant, that you wouldn't be venturing off, you know, necessarily and doing these other things. Right. And like maybe it's because people had nothing better to do with their time than spread rumors back mm -hmm. in the day. And I mean, people still do that shit today. It's not. That's true. Certainly an unrealistic thing to occur. So whatever Stay the reason. in your lane, eh? Yeah. So whatever the reason was, her actually going to travel for education brought up the rumor that she was pregnant. Okay. Now, there was never any confirmation of this as she never delivered a child. So. Um, anyways, the reason for her travel, whatever it was, it was for school. She was not pregnant. That's all we know. Now, either way, Bessie and Earl only lived together for two months after their marriage before she would spread, spread her wings for her adventurous life and head out for San Francisco in February of 1927. Now she bought a ticket and hopped aboard a passenger ship, making its way to Los Angeles, California. There, just like the cinematic Titanic, she met a farmer outdoorsman from oh, from Idaho named Glenn Hyde. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. Is this an uh-oh? Well, yeah, kind of. Okay. Well, the two quickly became good friends. Okay. And their relationship quickly flourished from good friends into much more. Dang. And they began a romantic relationship. Dang. I don't love that at all. I don't either. But the two seemed to be a match made for each other. So much so that Bessie clearly dropped her current marriage. Ah. Uh, her, her husband Earl became old news as she sailed away into the sunset with Glenn. However, Glenn wasn't going to just let Bessie walk out of his life quite so easy. There wasn't a lot he could really do in terms of what Bessie was doing. I mean, he was in another state, across mm -hmm. the country, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, so when he was presented with divorce papers, however, he did try his best and he refused to sign. 
So Bessie seemed to be stuck in this marriage when she really didn't want to be with this guy and she really wanted to be with Glenn instead. So she found a loophole. Bessie realized that all she needed to do was to move out of state to a specific area. So she moved to Elko, Nevada to meet the correct residency requirements. She was required to reside here for six weeks to claim her residency. When she did this with very little funds to her name and during which the time she was described as being starving and sometimes faint from lack of food. Oh, wow. But she was determined to marry the man she loved. She does seem like a very determined woman. She does. Very strong and willed woman. Uh, So in the divorce proceedings, Bessie actually commented that the marriage was, quote, loveless and that Earl was indifferent to her by saying that he, quote, did not seem to care if she returned. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I don't know. I was, like, pretty pumped about Earl because, like, way back in there, and he's still kind of letting his wife, like, live the life she wanted. Yeah. And now this happens. Like, I kind of feel bad for him, to be honest. I know, right? So whatever the case, against Earl's wishes for their divorce, it was finalized on April 1st of 1928. Okay. And Glenn and Bessie got married in Twin Falls, Idaho on April 12th, just 24 hours oh, after she had officially divorced shit. Earl. That's rough. That is pretty brutal. Wow. And I had like this tiny little theory that I won't like bring up, but that's just out the window now at this point. Okay. Wow. 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 I don't love that at all. That's well, like rude. It is. <laughs> What was your theory? What were well, you thinking? Well, no, I because I know a little bit about this, so I'll save it till later. I'll save it. Okay. I'll save it. Um, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Any information we've shared so far is just background information. We're just getting to know our, yeah. our individuals. Exactly. And you, you've mentioned just tidbits, tiny things. I don't know much, so I'm just going to save that till later. Okay, fair enough. So the two were ready to take on the world. And with Glenn being a great outdoorsman that he was – they decided to take their honeymoon on a rafting trip down the Green River and the Colorado River during the fall of 1928. Now, this, by the way, is a trip through the rivers in the Grand Canyon itself. Now, the trip would consist of several different stops along miles and miles of winding and rapid-filled river. Not an easy task for anyone. Good thing Glenn wasn't just anyone. Mm -hmm. He had traveled rivers before and built boats to suit suit them as well, built them by hand. Glenn's prior experience, and perhaps could be better described as conquests, uh, were the Peace River in Canada and Salmon River in Idaho. He was also very familiar with reading river currents from his time in Canada when he spent living here. Uh, Glenn had spent a lot of time growing up, in fact, on the coast of British Columbia, boating with his family. Now, while he traversed the Salmon River, for example, in Idaho, he used his lifelong knowledge and skill to conquer what the infamous Lewis and Clark actually avoided on their journey across the United States due to safety reasons. Hmm. So he was doing what professionals and what these pioneers considered unsafe. He was going for it. See, that is impressive. It impressed me a little bit, but like, I don't have any interest in that. No? Like, I've thought at one point that I maybe wanted to try, what is it called? What is that? What do you call that? Whitewater rafting. Okay, there you go. But I'm like, no. (laughs) No. You know, I thought about it once, but then no. Like, I don't know. I just think like you're on this boat and you're just like, I think I would be fucking terrified, to be honest. Yeah, it's not for me either. I don't know. I think, 
I I would have to go on a pretty like I love water, but I'd have to go on a pretty like chill, rapid one, like very chill, like one minor. where you can you know cruise on a paddleboard, maybe. Not even. I like <laughs> lakes for paddleboarding, so I don't know. Good on them though. So this is yeah. intriguing to me that they're even doing this. So well, Glenn certainly didn't have a problem with it. He was brave, you know, daring and prideful. In fact, of his accomplishments. While Bessie, on the other hand, well, for lack of words, she was inexperienced. Well, he's lucky to be alive, really. And is what is what I think. Yeah. But that's just me. He's gone through a lot. Let's put yeah. it that way. Now, Bessie, though she was adventurous and strong in her own right, like we already talked about, yeah. she was not someone who spent a lifetime outdoors battling rivers and forests. So she didn't have the background that he did. Okay. So this was rather new for her. In such, the Grand Canyon trip was actually rather new for women as a whole. Oh. The trip okay. they planned would put Bessie in the history books as a first woman to make the trip. Wow. And on top of the, that, Glenn actually wanted to make the trip in record time as well, putting oh them gosh. even higher on a pedestal of greatness. Settle down, Glenn. You just <laughs> got married. Let's like live through the honeymoon, shall we? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so his plan was to make the trip and afterwards write about it. He ideas of telling, sorry, he had ideas of telling stories, speaking at seminars, and making a living as a great outdoorsman who made the trip like no one ever could. He would give advice on how others could hope to follow in their great footsteps. Uh, he would be remembered as great uh, with a great wife by his side. There were also talks of them hoping to create a film about their journey afterwards as well. Okay. But accounts vary and no one could really approve anything of these accounts. Mm -hmm. Now, if they were really chasing fame or anything, who knows? All we know is that we're get, they were getting ready for an adventure of a lifetime and they were wanting to set some records along the way. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm a little impressed. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little impressed. It's a daring adventure to say the least. Yeah. I want to hear all about this daring adventure. Oh, you'll hear all about it. So they began by building a boat with some help and it took them two days. It was a 20 foot wooden sweep scow, which is a type of boat used by river runners in the time at, in Idaho. Shit. It's wooden, eh? Yes. Like that's what they had back then. Oh yeah, they made wood, See, that's wooden like boats. even more terrifying. Like, okay, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> uh, well, then the couple would officially head down the River Canyon, starting in Green River in Utah in October 20th of 1928. Oh my gosh, terrified for them. Their wooden boat. Terrified. Now, from there, the trip was laid out to take them all the way down through the Colorado River, where they would end up in sunny California. The trip began to gain some notice and traction. People all around started talking about the newlyweds and the dangerous trip. Radios and newspaper began talking about the couple. And an AP bulletin was put out in the paper. And it went something a little bit like this. November 21st, 1928. Miss Glenn R. Hyde of Hanson, Idaho is taking a vacation frolic with her husband by trying to navigate the Colorado River dangerous rapids and all in a homemade scow. The foaming Colorado River, whose muddy, turbulent waters have wrapped in tragedy many times, the effort of a man to conquer it by boat is being dared for the first time by a woman as a vacation frolic. Somewhere between Needles, California and here, Miss Glenn R. Hyde of Hanson, Idaho, and her husband are crunching in a homemade scow as they tumble over dangerous rapids down the twisting river. 
The journey is over what is known as the Inland Water Route. They first launched their scow in Green River, Utah. Never before has a woman attempted to triumph over the long stretch of the Colorado, one of the most difficult and dangerous rivers in the continent. All previous expeditions lined their boats down the more dangerous passage, while the Hyde scow was without aid and other than its two passengers can render. The adventure undertaken as part of the couple's vacation also will set another record if it is successful. The scow is constructed of two by four planks and double bottomed huge sweeps at stern and bow guide it. The river's current supply its motive power. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. I have a question. Yes. <laughs> okay, are they doing this just the two of them? Yes. Like, just the two of them in this boat? Just the two of them. Okay, I missed that, I guess. Holy shit. Just the two of them. Just the two of them. They can make it if they try, just the two of them. It doesn't take much to get you going. <laughs> Do they die? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. And he built this boat. Uh, with some help, yes. Okay. But he did build this boat. Hmm. But it's honestly, she's like getting more attention in a sense because it's like a bigger deal that she's going on this. Yes, she is. But so there's two records being set. Of course, a woman is doing this trip, which mm -hmm. has never been done before. And they're doing it in record time. So it's kind of, and it's just the two of them. And it's their honeymoon. Yes. Like literally, probably no one would be doing a honeymoon to this extent. Exactly. Back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it took the couple 26 days to reach a location in the heart of the canyon called the Bright Angle Trail. It in itself was a new record when they arrived. Now they were going at an incredible pace. And there, when they reached it, they hiked out of the canyon to resupply, and they visited an experienced river rafter in the area. The man by the name of Emery Kolb lived there and had already gone through navigating the same Colorado River rapids twice before. He knew what the couple were doing, he knew the risks they were taking, and he knew the most dangerous stretch of their adventure was still ahead. Now, Emery was a photographer alongside with his brother, Elfsworth. They arrived in 1902 and there, their studio was operating from 1904 to 1976. Wow. Now, fun fact, their studio actually still stands today as a historic site. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Yeah. I love that. 
So Emery greeted the couple as they arrived and took one look at their boat and knew that they could, you know, what they had built wasn't safe for the trip ahead. It wasn't that way. It wasn't. He was especially shocked and concerned when he learned neither Bessie nor Glenn had life jackets. Holy shit. Yeah. They're going all in on this. They are. But safety first, really. Like, that's not all in. That's, like, dumb. But that's part of Glenn's shtick. Set the record. Do it uh, with all the risks. We did it without life jackets even, you know? That's like a sentence that just never be said. Who cares if you wore a life jacket or not? For me, I am an occupational health and safety practitioner. Like, that's my job by day. Yeah. Trust me, I get it. (laughs) You don't need to preach that to me. Well, I'm just like, that's silly. Yeah. So... Emery tried to convince them to wait out the winter and continue on in the summer when the weather and river conditions would be better for them. He even offered the couple to stay in his home with them in the meantime. Oh, wow. They, however, declined. I knew they would. Yeah. At the very least, Emery tried to convince them to take his own life jackets with them. He offered them up. You know, you need something. You never know if you fall in. He sounds amazing. (laughs) But they still declined. Of course they did. Yeah. Glenn told him they were both strong swimmers and had no concerns if one of or both of them went overboard. Plus, he had faith not just in their abilities, but in the boat they had built. Bessie, on the other hand, didn't seem so confident. Apparently, by this time, she had grown tired and worried the trip. Though Glenn was eager to push on, she may have been a little more hesitant. No matter what Emery said, though, his concerns fell on deaf ears. Emery couldn't do anything to stop them. All he could do was what he does best. He brought out his camera, took their picture, and they were back on their way down the river. Yikes. Well, I mean, they're already 26 days in. That's a freaking long time. It is. Now, like he said, though, their most dangerous rapids are still ahead of them. Yikes. So after they took off again down the river, it's reported that a man by the name of Adolph G. Sutro rode from Phantom Ranch to Hermit Rapids alongside the river with them in their boat. Not in their boat, but he along the river while they were in their boat. You know? Okay, like had another boat. Like was No, this- he was like on horseback or something on the side of the river bank while they were in their oh, boat. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, it could have been in a boat. I'm not too sure. All I know is he rode down along the river side. With That's them. what it says. Okay. That's all the information you could find. He okay. rode along the riverside. Okay. So I'm assuming horseback by the sounds of it. I'm just switching to something super awkward. I don't know why. Like this person just following them that they don't want there. <laughs> well, I don't imagine that they're like even an earshot of each other most of the time, you know? Like oh, he's okay. watching them from across a canyon, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um. So anyways, eventually on November 18th, 1928 at the Hermit Rapids, they went down the river out of sight. And from there, they were never seen alive again. Okay, on November 18th, 1928. Is that what you said? Correct. Wow. Now, I just want to say, at surface level, this seems like a pretty cut and dry case. Overconfidence and inexperience got the best of these two. And once they reached the rapids, they couldn't handle their boat. It capsized. They drowned. Boom. Why is this a true crime podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that is, of course, a theory. But there is a lot more to the story still to come that makes this explanation very almost implausible or potentially impossible, which is why we're talking about it today. Okay. So to continue on, Bessie and Glenn were expected to arrive at Needles, California around December 6th, 
1928, which would have been approximately six, sorry, three weeks since they were last seen. However, we know they didn't arrive. Days began to pass after their expected date and people eagerly awaited the two. You know, they were supposed to be coming around the river's bend at every, any moment, but of course they never came. Well, yeah, they're starting to wonder. Glenn's father, R.C. Hyde, was growing anxious. Where were they? What happened? He wanted to find them, so he contacted Secretary of War Dwight Davis and explained the situation. Quickly, they received support from the President of the United States to conduct searches and issued flights in the area in an effort to find them. Wow, they made this a humongous deal, hey? They did. Now, R.C. Hyde also promptly posted a reward for ten, sorry, $1,000 and pleaded with Native Americans and indigenous individuals and families in the area who are familiar to go out and search as well. For any missing pieces, bodies, probably part of the boat or anything. Exactly. Eh? Yeah. He did everything he could in effort to find the couple. And even when searches were happening, he made sure that rations were being dropped out of aircrafts in remote locations in the off chance that they happened upon oh, these rations. wow. Okay. That's incredible. So news articles were out in papers. They were on the radio. They were talking about it. Their disappearance was making headlines everywhere. The photographer, Emery Kolb, and his brother also joined a full-on search party. They were familiar with the area, as I had mentioned. He's made the trip twice before. Now, a day into the search, the Kolb brothers came across a boat at Diamond Creek around mile 237 on the planned journey, hung up on the rocky shore of the river. It was Bessie and Glenn's, no doubt about it. Okay. The homemade scow sat there in perfect condition. Oh. With gear and luggage still inside, with a rope caught up between rocks, preventing it from floating downstream. But neither Bessie nor Glenn were anywhere in sight. Oh, man. Okay, that was not would be like what you expected to find the boat. Exactly. Inside the boat were clothes, rations, Glenn's hunting rifle, all their gear, their camera they had, and even Bessie's diary was inside the boat. Wow. Why? Yeah, that's that's, like I thought they would be literally found it in pieces. Yeah, they didn't. Completely intact. All their gear still inside. Huh. So rumors began running rampant of what happened. Boat flipped and they drowned, of course, being the main one. But if that's the case, why is the boat in such good condition? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Right? It was upright. With all the shit inside. Yeah, if it had capsized, like, shit would not be inside of it still. Right? So others mentioned seeing Bessie along the route before they went out of sight before they were last seen alive. And apparently she clearly did not want to be on the journey anymore. Oh. She seemed terrified, in fact. Now, the individual who last saw them, uh, A.G. Sutro, uh, potentially not only one of the last people, potentially the last person to see them alive, uh, said that Bessie was terrified and she was way over her head. Apparently, there are two accounts that Bessie had literally been picked up and slung over Glenn's shoulders, only to be carried by force into the boat when she did not want to continue anymore. Holy shit. So maybe her new husband isn't who she thought he was. Exactly. Jeez. So if this is true, surely Bessie's 
diary that was found inside the boat oh, okay. would hold some testament to Not this. necessarily, though. She could have been worried that he read it. Like, I don't know how. That's true. How honest some people are in their diaries. That's true. I thought of the same sort of thing because, I mean, they are in this boat 24-7 alone. He's going to see this diary. He's obviously, well, we don't know for sure, I guess, but seeming a little bit controlling. And he's seeing her writing in it. Yeah. What are you writing? Let me see that. Right. Yeah, or she falls asleep, he yeah. reads it or something. If he is abusive, he probably will just take it and read it, you know? Mm -hmm. So who knows? Uh, regardless of the situation, though, inside her diary, she detailed many days along the river in her adventure, but never gave any sort of indication of being forced or feeling contempt of her situation. Hmm. So was there abuse? Did Bessie want to be there? Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm I'm skeptical of how honest she could have been in that diary, but I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows indeed. All it all it did bring up though was more questions and questions that, of course, didn't have answers. So on December 29th, the search was called off due to hazard concerns, you know, putting people on dangerous rapids oh, and okay. everything, right? Well, yeah, and it's still winter, right? So. Exactly. From there, the media went into a frenzy about what had happened and speculations just ran rampant. Even more so when footprints were found on the riverbed several miles up from where the boat was found. This had their families, of course, raise their hopes up, hoping that these footprints mm -hmm. could have been them. Right. And these footprints were men's and could have very well belonged to Glenn, but they were nowhere near the vicinity of where the boat was found and could never have directly been linked to either Glenn or Bessie. Now, I do want to point out that, I mean, they had a lot of people searching rivers. They even asked, you know, indigenous in the area to go out and search. It could have just been someone searching or someone else on the river. Who knows, right? Oh, yeah. There's lots of possibilities there, exactly. really. So there's no proof that these footprints ever belonged to Glenn or Bessie. Especially with them being far up, like not close to the boat at all. Really. Exactly. Now, there is evidence they made it far as far as mile 225, where they made, have made a camp. Now, the diary notes nothing concerning or worrisome, and neither does their camera. The last photograph taken may, it appears to be Bessie laying on the riverbank face down. It's hard to see um, the image exactly, um, but she may be sunbathing, maybe covered in a sheet, or it may be, you know, she might be laying nude. I don't know. Oh, it's a photograph on their camera, sorry? Yes, of Bessie laying on the riverbank. Face down. It appears. It's really hard to see. That's interesting. Okay. Um, maybe it's something a little more sinister. Maybe she's just having a nap and Glenn took a picture of her. I don't know. You know, I am also curious to know too, just this was just randomly popped in my head, but if the diary had anything in there in regards to like her happy with Glenn or like, you know, loving their marriage and stuff. Nothing along those lines. Everything. So that's a lot. That's slightly alarming. Everything seemed hunky dory. Oh, okay. Like she was happy with him. Like Every, it was. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. I see. Okay. Um, all I know is the case would go cold. The couple would be assumed to be lost in the rapids with some air of mystery surrounding them with no new details that would come to light until 50 years later in 1971. No, oh, it's quite some time later. Now, a commercial rafting trip was guiding several pre people through the canyon on their own adventure excursion. They were nearing the end of their trip and they stopped in Diamond Creek and made camp for the night. 
Now, if you recall, Diamond Creek just so happened to be the location where Bessie and Glenn's boat was found. Right. After camp was made and everyone was around the fire and settling in for the night, the guide began telling us the story of Bessie and Glenn Hyde. They discussed how the travelers went through the rough waters, pushing records the whole way, and were eventually never seen again. But their boat was found right where they were camped. It was then that a woman spoke up in the group. The whole trip so far, the woman kept rather quiet to herself. She was only looking out in the canyon for most of the time, but made herself useful to the group when needed. She spoke after the story and confidently, with a very straight face, said loud to everyone present, I'm Bessie Hyde. Wow. Just throwing that out there, hey? Was yep. she traveling on in this little tour solo? Yes, she was. Wow. Okay. That's so random, especially like to do something that you were terrified at at one point, but it's like she's looking for something. Yeah. So when the others questioned her about it and what really happened out there on the river, of course, they kind of just assumed it was a joke or something at first. She said she stabbed Glenn and killed him. Holy shit. Okay. (laughs) She told the tale of how Glenn was obsessed with making the trip. And doing it in record time without safety equipment, no matter the danger. Apparently, a fight broke out between them on a day and she had been thrown back on board the boat. Oh, wow. Okay. This is all like checking out, really. Now, Bessie wasn't about to be abused or put her own life or their life on the line, especially when this individual had no concern for their safety to begin with. So when she saw her opportunity, she took a knife and she struck. Wow. Then dumped his body into the river and hiked out of the canyon on her own. Good Lord. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't entirely expecting that. And so she just like is on this fucking random little tour and like, oh, I just murdered him. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) Like, I I mean, okay. But like, you just literally said that you murdered someone. Like you could go to jail for that shit. Yeah. So that I don't get it. (laughs) I mean, wow. Okay, like, oh, I shouldn't be like that. In a sense, I'm like, yeah, like, whoa. But then also, like, you just murdered someone. But, like, I like that you were like, she's not going to let anyone treat her like that. I like that part. But then maybe not to murder someone. Definitely not to murder someone. Definitely not. So, I mean, this caught everyone off guard, though. Well, yeah, could you imagine? How would they, how did they sleep that night is what I'm curious. No shit. This woman next to me in a tent just claims that she murdered her husband 50 years ago and got away with it. Yeah, and I'm literally at the same spot and I just like have gone down the river with her for how many goddamn days? Gosh, that's a horror movie in itself. (laughs) Um, Well, everyone did kind of note, though, that the woman was... She was kind of the right age for it. And she seemed very serious when she talked about it. God. (laughs) I don't think I could be in a situation like this. I would probably literally start laughing. That would be my response. I would uncontrollably start laughing. Just because you're so uncomfortable. I would be so uncomfortable out of my mind. Yeah. Well, the woman went by the name of Georgie White Clark. Now, she was a famous river runner guide in the Grand Canyon. Georgie was the first woman to run the Grand Canyon as a commercial enterprise. Not only this, but she was an innovator in her field, bringing in several new ways that guides ran through the Colorado River. Huh. She was a strong pioneer in her field, just the kind of person you may expect Bessie to become, in fact. 
After the campfireside confession, journalists eventually came to her to discuss the story. However, despite there being multiple witnesses the night she came forward, she denied that ever happened and denied she's Bessie Hyde. Really? Yeah. She this, said, I never said that. This whole I'm little part Hyde. here is just like giving me goosebumps. Like, it's this is wild. Crazy. Like, what the fuck? That's really messed up. Isn't it? Why admit that at one point and then later not? I mean, right? probably because she was like, shit, like I can go to jail. Yeah, but someone who wants the notoriety, they want the notoriety. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's almost like she just la- had kind of had a lapse of judgment for like a small period. Exactly why it's theorized that she was Bessie Hyde. Because she had a lapse of judgment, judgment, maybe being caught up in the story where the boat was found, looking out over the canyon. I, I, who knows? Maybe she was drinking. And Wanted that, to see how they would react to right? it. So maybe she had a lapse of judgment to confess this. Huh. Just like testing the waters. <laughs> like how, yeah. how would this go for me? And then when she was questioned about it with journalists, she realized she made a mistake and just backtracked, backpedaled, said no. Huh. That never happened. Hmm. Not a terrible thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you regret something just like, nope, wasn't me. <laughs> well, what makes us even more strange and even more believable is when Georgie eventually passed away in 1992, she was found to be in possession of many items that belonged to Bessie and Glenn Hyde. Wow. Including their marriage certificate. Holy heck. Yeah. You're not kidding. <laughs> Dead fucking serious. Okay, that's her. I'm sold. <laughs> that's her. That's her. How the fuck would she have that? Right? There's no way. That's her. Well, so many people think that she was Bessie. Holy. But, okay, to be fair, though, a lot of people say that they don't resemble one another. So well, that's a start years freaking later. Yeah. And they're also saying, well, perhaps these items were souvenirs she had picked up over the years. How she picked them up. I don't fucking know. Oh, and she just like liked the story kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But how would she have that? I know. right? Or she was like a relative per se. But then um, you said that she was kind of the proper age and such, right? Their age was slightly different. Only by like a few years, I believe. Um, I think Georgie was born in 1911, if I'm not mistaken. And Bessie was born, when did I say Bessie was born? In 1905. Okay. How would she have the certificate though? The marriage certificate? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Because that would have been on board the boat. Okay. Did you mention what else she had, Sorry. I I didn't dive into too much on what she had. I just know that she had many other possessions. And, and one was one was the marriage certificate. Okay. Um now apparently George's early Georgie's early life was rather well documented. And I didn't dive into how well documented it was either. Um we talked about their birthdays don't match. I mean, but who knows? Identities can be faked rather easy, even today. Well, like so, she changed her identity. Her name was different. Right? She changed her identity after this happened is my thought. Well, well yeah. If, it, if Georgie was Bessie, she would have changed her identity. But the theory is, well, Bessie's early life is so well documented that it would have been impossible for her to fabricate these things. Okay. 
Now, I didn't dive into how well documented Georgie's early life was because that's a whole other rabbit hole on its own. Right. Um, but yeah, that is an argument for this case on her not being messy. If you want to dive into that, go for it. But yeah. Now, there is one more piece to the story that I can't not talk about. And this is Georgie aside. This is onto something completely different. And I won't go into a great detail about it. And you'll kind of understand why in a minute. Uh, but in 1976, a skeleton of a man was found in Emery Kolb's garage after he passed away. He was the photographer who had done this trip twice before. Okay. Wow. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> now, the remains were found inside a canoe that was stored away and the skull had a bullet hole in it. Many believe this could be the remains of Glenn. Perhaps, you know, the story goes a jealous man who killed one other man to be with his wife. And I mean, Bessie definitely jumped ship rather quickly from one relationship to another before. She so did do that. Yeah. She could do it again. However, the remains were handed over to forensic anthropologist, Dr. Walter Birkby. He determined it was from a man who was Caucasian between the ages of 20 to 23 and stood six feet tall with light brown hair. He even discovered the skull, like I said, had the bullet hole, but it still had the bullet embedded inside. After it was examined, it was determined to be from a 32 caliber or similar uh, revolver manufactured around 1902. The production date of the gun and clothing fragments found with the remains of the skeleton suggested that the individual's death occurred sometime in the 1920s. It all seemed to fit. It could very well be Glenn. And he was just hiding in Emery's garage this whole time. Now, the story is plausible, but it was easily debunked by Dr. Kirby. He took a picture of Glenn and the skull that was found and projected one onto the other. Okay. Um, from there, he adjusted the opacity of each back and forth. This gave them the ability to compare facial structures between the two. They actually show this a bit in the episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, that's an interesting. I don't watch that. Then. Yeah. And by doing this, he pointed out that the eye orbits were angled differently. Um, the cheekbones, you know, they're a bit wider and the shape of the chin was different. Um, basically, the whole examination by Dr. Berkby, he was certain that the skeleton was not Glenn. Okay. From this examination. Now, there was also records that were dug up of a man in the area who had been found to have committed suicide by shooting himself in the head with a revolver in 1933. His skeletal remains were found laying on the edge of Shoshan Point Grand Canyon with a 22 revolver near the right hand. A round defect on the right side of the skull with a 22 caliber bullet was recovered from inside of the skull as well. It is assumed that this is the same man, but why exactly Emery had his remains <laughs> stuffed in his garage all these years is unknown. Okay, because I was like super wondering this. This is super fucked up that someone just has a skeleton in their yes, garage. Yes, it is. What? Um, so it it's assumed it's the same man. DNA testing um, proves uh, unsuccessful because the remains were too far gone, I guess. Um, but to date, this case remains a complete mystery. There are theories of whether or not something sinister occurred on the river's water, but most just kind of accept that their death was accidental. Either way, nothing's for sure. Nothing can be proven. Wow. Wow. And that is the story of Bessie and Glenn Hyde. Huh. 
Wow. Okay. That's interesting. So what do you think? What's your theory? Okay, well, my remember how I said at one point, like I had a theory. Yeah. And I as I know that I, I had thought that they went missing kind of thing after this, right? Yeah. And I, I thought maybe it was to do with that she that her first husband wasn't letting her uh, divorce him. Mm-hmm. And so then they like plotted this and like disappeared and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then he did end up signing those papers. Yeah. So that's like out the window. No, I, I kind of assumed it was a bit too early for whatever theory you had. You yeah. didn't have the information yet. Yeah. So where's your head at now though? Do you think that Georgie could have been Bessie Hyde? I really, really, really want to believe it. I think she was. But then also it's just some crazy person that's like, yeah, that's me. But she had their fucking marriage certificate that's of all nuts. things. Of all things. I guess I'm really curious is if you change your name. Like I feel like changing your name and stuff is easy enough. But change and I mean, I guess if you're changing your name and like getting new birth certificates and all that jazz, like changing your birthday is just as easy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And who's to say that, okay, she didn't kill Glenn hike out of the canyon, find some other woman, kill her and just take over her identity. And that's why Georgie's life is so well-documented in her early years. Uh, I never thought of that. That's crazy. Just take over someone else's identity. This lady's nuts now. Now, in my opinion, I'm just like, whoa, she's wild. (laughs) Wild child. Wild child. She was certainly a very strong-willed woman. I don't know if she is a murderer it's the most likely situation is they hit rapids my my gut is saying they hit rapids one of them went overboard the other maybe dove in to help the other and they lost the raft or help trying to help the other back on board they both fell out um and actually i should mention this there was reports of them falling overboard previously to them okay so they have fallen overboard and helped each other in uh successfully but the boat was tied up right like it was the boat was not tied up the boat was hung up oh the boat's rope was snagged in the rocks but i mean i feel like if they're going through something so rough that they ended up like falling out Mm -hmm. that it would have been stirred up a little bit in a sense the boat the boat would have had some damage or something yeah. Elks would have fallen out, like some of their supplies. Mm-hmm. Uh, another note, something else I didn't talk about. There was some damage to the boat that had been repaired okay. along their current journey. And then I guess my other thought too was when you said that like she had thrown him out or thrown him down the water, like killed him like with a knife or whatever. There were so many people searching, but I guess that could have been a lot earlier too, or a lot later that they were searching, right? Potentially. Oh, yeah. And how <laughs> – Bodies go missing in rivers all the fucking time. Because I was like, oh, you think they maybe would have found found it. But then if it was way prior to the search even, maybe not at all. Uh, yeah. Because they would have kind of been searching maybe more near the area. And by then the body's like way the hell gone. Even modern times, they have a hard time finding individuals who go missing in rivers. Yeah. I know. Because, well, we have two rivers in a conflux here in, in our city. And they're are unfortunately people who jump or capsize and they never found it's more often than not. They're not found. That's true. That's very true. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to say that. I believe it's George. Is her name Georgie? Georgie. Yeah. Georgie. I'm going with that. I, my gut wants to say that, although it's not the most likely answer. 
Well, I'm just like, why would this yeah. random woman just be like, that was me? Why would she have their fucking marriage certificate <laughs> of all things? Yeah. You know? How would she have ever gotten that? Right? Because that would have been, but then if she were to take their marriage certificate, you'd think she would have taken her own diary. If she's taking, uh, if she's taking documents okay. out of the boat when she leaves. I guess, hey. So it's hard to say. The most likely answer is they both went overboard and their boat gently came to rest somewhere. But I mean, Georgie, how did she get the shit? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how? It just. I know. Cause in my brain, I'm like, if they're going overboard, like, is their boat going to literally just like end up resting somewhere but it, it totally could totally could yeah totally could well let us know what you think whether it's on social media you email us or comment or whatever let's huh. hear it well done again it's another friggin monday night where i'm not going to get any sleep because my brain's <laughs> going a mile a minute and i do recommend you watch the unsolved mystery case on this they do show that comparison of the skull and glenn's face yeah. overlay so that's kind of cool to see. Will you be putting that in the show notes? Yes, the link to that, it's up on YouTube. So the link okay. to that will be in the show notes below for sure. Perfect, perfect. Um, so yeah, if you want to check out those show notes for the links, you can also find the links to our social media, links to our Patreon, our website, our merch. Support us in any way you want. Even if it's just listening to us, we appreciate the hell out of that. We sure do. Even if you want to give us a rating, maybe five stars. That'd be cool too. That's the only option. One note else would be cool is if we see you next time here in Wicked and Grim. So until then. Stay wicked. Mm -hmm.